Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand-select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today we are flashing back to episode number 269 with Gerardo Luera one of the fastest rising stars in the management ranks of the Cutco Vector Marketing sales organization. Gerardo was the Silver Cup branch manager in Vector in the summer of 2021, and this interview was conducted before he embarked upon his career as a district manager. At the start of the section selected for today's snippet, I'll cite Gerardo's remarkable stats in terms of productivity per person. He has backed this up with an incredible start to his district manager career in Lubbock, Texas. In 2022, Gerardo was a solid recruiter, launching 180 reps for the year, and he has continued to have outstanding productivity, producing 493,000 in new business and 757,000 in total business for the year, winning another silver cup as the company's number one new district manager. In these short snippets today, Gerardo shares some of the secrets to his team's success you'll get a feel for what it's like being part of his Lubbock organization and the amazing culture that is being built there. You'll probably want to hear more about Gerardo's story and lessons, and for this you can revisit our full conversation at episode number 269. I want to dig into a little bit about your productivity per rep because your statistics are incredible. Summer of 2020, 37 reps and you sold 212 grand summer of 2021 48 recruits and you sold 291,000 what are some of the keys to you getting such great productivity per person yeah i i think it just starts with caring for your people i wouldn't have the ppr i have right now if it wasn't for everything that will taught me as a, as a rep and as a assistant manager and as a first year bm he really taught me that money is just the subproduct that you get from from what you do with your intentions, your primary intentions. And if you're not caring for your people, then you're doing it all wrong. It really just starts in training. You know, get to really know your reps and your future reps. You never know who's going to be the next Kyle Loves. You never know who's going to be the next Drew Frank. I think what so many people can get wrong these days is that you know they have a really solid team producing really high solid numbers. And so they don't really care as much for getting a, you know, a really solid in their current training class because they already have a whole team of them already. If that's mentality, then you aren't really thinking them of, of who they are for who they are anymore. You're just kind of skewing the mindset of let's just think of them as a number now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you start pro- start having problems with your, your team culture. And, and that's where you start having problems with your PPR. Also, just really just set them up for success. It's as simple as that. You can't expect a new rep to be producing $5,000 every single week. You have to put it in the work as their manager every single week with every single rep in order for you to have success with them having success. 
As soon as you get lazy, guess who else gets lazy? Just do the work, do the PDI, go the extra mile, get to know your reps. I'm not talking about asking them how many demos you have ahead of you. Ask about their school life. Are they in social clubs? Are they in sports? Is everything at home okay? Those type of conversations will help them realize that they are important to you. That's whenever your team will start buying into your office vision. Then all of a sudden, your team starts asking you, uh, what can they do to help the team? What can I do to help run the office? That's whenever you know you've built the right team. Um, Then it all circles around and you do it all over again and you start building again. But this time you have influence in the office, the the, the reps that you worked really hard for in the office help your new reps reach those higher numbers as well. I remember during the summer, I'd spend like, I don't know, two hours, maybe too much time, but it was worth it, obviously, just hanging out in the office with my reps and just talking about life and talking about different things and putting work to a side for a second and just, you know, just really spend time with them because that's that's who I've been with all day long. If you just worry about work 24-7, then they're kind of going to get tired of it. Really, just build a connection, start to build a family, start to build the right culture. And once that happens, then, you know, you're just going to see everything happen magically of, Hey, I don't, I'm, I'm not the only one building culture with the new reps. It's my, I am staff, my key staff, whoever it is, who's also building the right culture, who's helping me get the great PPR. And it's not all just me. It's now my team as well. You mentioned a concept uh, in talking about productivity per rep, about setting people up for success. How does that look in terms of the attention you provide people after training throughout the first weekend during the fast start? Like, what is it like to be a rep on your team during the the first 10 days and the contact they have with you? You know, I wasn't the best rep, but I was a successful rep. I sold almost $40,000 the first summer. I sold 10K in every single contest, over 10K in every single contest. And the only reason why I I continued to grow was because I kept asking the questions of how to get better. I get a lot of calls. I get a lot of texts, but I'm, I'm constantly on my phone and it's, it's a huge investment of my time, but it's also a great return of investment as well because they end up being way better reps. They, their attention is so much better. They stick, they love the job. They have success in the job. They have, you know, they sell, you know, the minimum, if they don't sell a thousand dollars, I did something wrong that weekend. And, you know, some of them on average, and I don't know what PPR was, I forget what you said, but it, on average, at least $3,000 every single weekend. And I think we had five 10K fast starters this past summer. And so that that's just a huge thing for me as well is, hey, this works. Just do exactly what that rep did. And I'll tell you what this rep did. They were in contact with me the whole entire 10K fast start. I just tell them like, hey, you're my best friend. Congratulations. My name is Gerardo. Let's get close. Let's get to know each other. And, uh, and we end up being really close at the very end too. So that's also a big plus. Yeah. I mean, I love how you're digging in with your people, Gerardo. I, I know that it, it takes a commitment over the first weekend to be able to do that. It's a lot of time on the phone, but it turns into a seven-day work week. And I'll tell you what, I did that when I was a branch manager. Being a branch manager is a sprint, yeah. right? It's, it's supposed to be hard. And, and I would also add that I did that as a new district manager for at least a couple of years until I be, began to have the kind of development where I didn't have to do that. And then even after I had that kind of development, I still did what you just described for at least five or six or seven or eight training classes 
every summer in the peak period of time where we were launching big groups. So make no bones about it. To be successful as a manager in this business, it requires some degree of hard work. It requires a willingness to be able to do that. And I don't want you to have to do that forever. And I don't think Stacy does either as your division manager, right? We want you to have the kind of development where in future years, you've got two or three great assistant managers who you can assign your training class to over that first weekend where they can coach those reps over that first weekend. And you can be coaching those two or three great assistant managers to be able to you know handle the reps and work with them. And then you'll see the reps again at advanced training one and you get right back on it that following week. And that's sort of the way I think things work for most people who in the long term become great district managers. You also mentioned that uh, what happens ultimately is that people start asking, hey, how can I help? How can I be a part of the leadership team? And that's that's a whole nother side of development that clearly you've gotten right and been able to do some great work on. So I don't know if you have any anything to add on this, but uh, if you do, feel free. I yeah, the, well, this has, this didn't really happen my first year as a branch, but my second year, I guess something clicked with me. I did things better being a second branch, but second year branch. I just remember one day I was sitting in the office and there was a rep waiting to have a demo. And I think they had like 30 minutes to their demo. And I'm, I'm just like you said, you know, being a branch is sprint. You, you have 90 days to, to, to reach your goal, 90 days to, you know, have the success, create success for others, you know, grow a really special team, really special business to win a championship, whatever your goal is for that summer. And I'm just usually, I'm so used to being the only one, you know, doing the main actions, running the interviews, running the trainings, recruiting, such my first year, my second year, I, I really tried to build a system and I had, you know, recruiters I had, and I paid, I paid receptionists to do these kind of things. And, um, I didn't really have to do that anymore as much anyways, but I was sitting down, uh, ready to do my interview. And, um, my rep was waiting to do his, his demo. And he was just like, Hey, is there anything that you need from me in the office? What can I do? And, um, I kind of just set my phone down. I looked in and I was like, wait, what? Like, that's a thing. Like, I just never, I never really realized that concept. Like, holy cow, that's the first time I've ever gotten asked that question. You're an assistant manager is what you are. And uh, I had an epiphany, like, okay, let me, let me actually use this and put them to work. So I taught them how to do recruiting and calling for, for interviews. And so that while I'm in an interview, they're putting people in more interviews. So that's just, the business is always running. But yeah, I thought that the first time I had that question was something awesome. It was, it was amazing. And now I have AMs to this day who keep asking me like, Hey, what's the next I can run an interview? What's the next I can run an interview? And that's what I love. And that's when I'm like, Holy cow, I built something way bigger than just winning a silver cup trophy. And that's what I, that's what I love about this job and just changing people's lives and having, you know, having the influence on others and hopefully in a year to come having a really big district myself. Yeah. Excellent. I love hearing that. What, what advice would you have for aspiring branch managers or for any leaders who want to build something great? Just do. That's, that's my advice. Just do. No one is coming to do the work for you. No one, no one is coming to turn the TV off for you. No one is going to wake you up in the, at the time you're supposed to. No one is going to tell you to go exercise. It's your job to get yourself to do the things that you don't want to do. If building something great was easy, then everyone would do it. It's not easy. I didn't have an easy summer. 
Um, I had to balance a lot of different things. The balance of having a wife for my first three months of, my, of, of being a branch. And that, that was something that was really hard for, you know, for me to figure out. But I did because I wanted to figure out. I need to figure that out because I wanted something really special in Lubbock. But I also wanted to be the best husband as possible in my first couple of months, you know, being a husband. Uh, I love my division, the Lone Star Division, because of the, the leaders that are in it. You know, Lone Star is pure hard work and grit. Stacey Campbell teaches us to stay hungry, humble, and smart. If you heard his podcast, Damien teaches us how to quit being a little B word. But for now, we're going to say baby, quit being a little baby. But um, <laughs> Will also reminds me how good life is and how to take nothing for granted. And I want to teach others to, to just freaking do. You know, a lot of people just overthink all the actions. Like, what should I do about this? What should I do about that? Just do. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. Just do. Don't quit complaining, quit overthinking, and, and, and just do. The majority of the answers that you're asking of, what if I did that, but I don't really have to do this, you know, whatever excuse you have gets answered by just simply doing. You can't be a champion by just thinking about it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 